0: I've had to face a lot of reality checks this year. That's just the fact of the matter. And I hope I'm not alone, but reality has kind of smacked me in the face over and over and over again this year. And the list is so long that I can't really fully summarize it, but a few of the things is like, number one, I'm not as far along as I'd like to be. I'm not as far along as I thought that I would be by this point in the year. I'm recording this here about midway through August, so we are in the third quarter of the year, and I had all these ambitious plans and goals set out for me at the beginning of the year, but things just take time. It's kind of like the HGTV shows that you watch where they always have this budget for all of their renovations that they're going to do, and they always go over budget. I've been going over my time budget a lot lately And the fact is, like I've been told before, and I've seen this to be true for a lot of people, is that whatever you think something's going to cost you, whether it be uh, just the energy that you put in, the finances, the time, anything that you're investing into something, amplify it by about four times, and that's probably what it's going to require from you, whether it be time, money, energy, combination of all of them. You know, and another reality check for me has been I haven't really quite nailed the perfect product market fit yet. So the things that I'm offering, my content creation toolbox, which is a new uh, notion-based template that I have available for purchase, and I'm really excited about it to help small business, one-person business owners really kind of get a grasp on their content creation process and kind of help them have a system and all-in-one management space. And so I'm really been between that and I'm thinking about doing some some one-on-one coaching calls and kind of offering that to help one-person business owners kind of get their content in a space that they're proud of, that they're happy with, and that actually helps them grow their business, you know, I'm still working on developing the product in a way and understanding my the marketplace that I'm trying to uh, compete within in a way where it's just a good fit. And I haven't nailed that yet. It just takes time. And the other thing that I've had to kind of face as a harsh reality is I've maybe I'm transitioning from a full time freelancer to a full time creator, a little too quickly. And for those that uh, are not aware of my background story, a a quick little synopsis of that: Uh, I was working for a, I had a full time job working for my local church in the on the creative team, and I was in charge of a lot of the music that we did. and Coordinating the band members, picking the songs, building the set—you know, the, all of the stuff that goes in with that. Writing music, which is awesome. And if you're watching the video version, you see the guitars hanging here on the wall in my uh, home office slash content studio. And I think I've pretty much just hit the uh, the 20 year or the double decade mark of being a guitar player. So, I've been a musician for a long time. Anyway, I was doing that for my church, full time salary, but I didn't want to do that full time forever. You know, and I just saw that there was so much more opportunity and I've always been entrepreneurial. And so I kind of started dabbling in marketing because I was really excited about what marketing meant for business. And I felt like it really suited my interests and the strengths. And I knew that I could build some awesome skills. So anyway, started learning email marketing uh, trial by fire. Really, I had some friends with small businesses that just needed some help firing off some like marketing related marketing based emails started doing that, became a freelancer. Once I was making just enough money to quit my full-time job, I absolutely did. And it wasn't long after that, that I lost a couple of the small clients and now I was making less money than I was at the church when I had a full-time salary. But 2019, that's when I made that jump into full-time freelancer. But in the past year or so, I don't really know specific time, but we'll just call it a year or so. I've been really transitioning from away from the freelancing side of things where I provide a service helping other people's businesses directly, and I'm just kind of like like in the shadows just you know, helping them with their email marketing and automations into becoming more of a full-time creator, and that's the direction that I really want to take my personal brand and the business that I'm building around this. And obviously you are experiencing the video podcast version of a weekly uh, email newsletter that I send out to my target audience of one person business owners, whether brand new or still aspiring and just kind of wanting to make that leap into it. And so I'm really excited about working with that type of person, with Mm -hmm. that Customer base with those with that audience, really, as opposed to being a freelancer helping business owners. And you know, it's all fine and well, it's just the direction that I've been wanting to take. But because of my excitement, (laughs) I've tried to bring this back around. My excitement, I think, has pushed me into uh, just spending so much time on the creator side of the business that it's just been a really rough ride. Uh, getting things set up and starting to be able to pull an income in a way that actually supports me my business and ultimately more importantly than anything my family my two little boys and my wife and our our little golden doodle dog you know and so that's a harsh reality is maybe i'm transitioning too quick maybe i can't quite like jump all the way in on the uh, creator side i don't know but that's something that I wrestle with. And then as a father and a husband, my work-life balance is not great all the time. I mean, that's just kind of the the facts, you know? And I don't like even admitting that. But I think sometimes you have to admit something that you don't like about your current situation to be able to look at, to like to fully be able to start making the moves required to fix it. Right. So there's a lot of things, a lot of reality checks. That's really the point of what I'm saying. And so within that, one of the big, biggest issues I've really faced is knowing exactly what I should be working on at any given moment. And, you know, online, especially everyone has their opinion of what you should or should not be focusing on. But the reality is that everything they're saying, it's all true and it's all false at the same time. And I know that's confusing, but really it all comes down to which phase of the business you're in right now. Depending on the phase of business building that you're in, there are critical tasks that you should be doing, and there are important tasks that they're not important yet. That's stuff you shouldn't be doing. It's stuff that shouldn't be taking up time out of your day or just mental energy of like thinking on the fact that you need to do this, you know, whatever. And if you get out out of whack with where you're at and you aren't you don't kind of like have the reality check of like, okay, I'm in this phase of business right now. I don't focus on those other things, but focus on these things. If you get that kind of like messed up and backwards, you could find yourself exhausted and going nowhere. And why do I say that so confidently? Because that's what it's been for me. So here are the three phases of business growth. And I've learned this from experience. I'm I will share where I feel like I'm at in this process. I'm probably not as far along as you may think. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, sound like that. I've been I've been getting a lot of compliments actually on my content space. So the little clips and YouTube shorts and uh, reels that I've been putting up, which is just basically micro content that's repurposed out of this long form video podcast. I've been getting uh, a lot of positive feedback of like, wow, um, I love that you're doing video. Um, you're, you seem like a natural. Your your space is really awesome. And, you know, I mean, it's just my home office with some cool lights and uh, a camera. And so, you know, you you just brick by brick, you get there. So I don't know, I don't feel like I'm as far along as I'd like to be, as I said, but here are the three phases of business growth. Let's see where you are and we'll break down each one to help you understand what you should be focused on and what you shouldn't be focused on depending on where you're at. The three phases. Number one, build. Number two, grow. And number three, scale. So we're gonna look at these three phases of the solo business growth journey so that you can learn where you're at today which will then ensure that you're working on the right things because, as I mentioned, knowing which phase you're in will determine which tasks and efforts you should be working on and which things you should not be working on. So phase one, build. We are building the business. For your business to exist, it must be created. (laughs) Pretty crazy, right? but creating a business and building a business are two different things. For instance, yeah, you can register your business, create an LLC, open a checking account, maybe get a credit card, whatever it is, but that's just back office work. That's just some basic stuff to lay the framework so that you can actually start building the business. Because here are the three things that I think are really required in order for you to claim that you are that you have a business or that it's built and you're in this process, there's three things. Number one, a target customer. These are the people that have a problem needing solved and those are the it's their problems that you want to work on solving. And then with your product or service, you build an offer around that. It's a solution to the problem. And don't misunderstand the word offer with the word product or the word service. Having a product doesn't mean that you have an offer necessarily. An offer is a more of a holistic understanding of how you sell the thing and how you relay the value of that thing that you sell to the customer and make sure that they actually have a positive ROI in their life based off of purchasing from you. I am not a pro uh, on, the, on the offer thing. I learn as I go. Uh, but for many of you here, you're probably familiar with the guy named Alex Hormozzi. He's been blowing up all over the internet over the past year or so, and he has a fantastic book called $100 Million Offers, so go scoop that up and check it out. He breaks it all down perfectly, and he is way uh, further along on his journey than I am when it comes, comes to offer creation and just, you know, just basically doing great in business. So you need a customer, you need an offer. Or a target customer, and then the offer, and then a point of sale basically, the means of delivering the solution and receiving payment. Once you have those three things, you're officially in business. But within that oversimplified framework of those three things comes all this other stuff, such as plan- business planning, audience defining, like figuring out the very specific personas, uh, the demographics, the psychographics of the people that you're trying to build an audience of and that will likely turn into or hopefully turn into uh, future customers of yours. Then you have product development, like actually creating the development or creating the product itself. And then offer creation, like we talked about, looking at how can we sweeten the pot and make sure that they are willing to take the risk of spending their money to purchase your thing because it's worth it. Your offer is how we connect those dots for our you know, future customer. Right. And then we have marketing development just looking at, okay, how do we market our brand? How do we market our offer? How do we get it out there in the world? And then money management, you know, you got bookkeeping, you've got to figure out all sorts of stuff like your budgeting situation, all of that. So there are a lot of things, you know, and (laughs) to just continue to stress you out, you know, now you've got to set up tools, softwares, workflows, and have all the supplies needed in order to operate the business. And so as a one-person business owner, especially because it's just you, especially in the, these beginning phases, uh, you, the the beginning years really, there's a lot to do and there's a lot of trial and error in this phase. So if you're like me, you may be here in this phase one build phase, like several years potentially. And I should mention that even though you're in the build phase if you find yourself like re- res- resonating with this and realizing okay yeah I'm still in the build phase it doesn't mean that you're not making money you might not be making money but it doesn't mean that you aren't making money you can still make a lot of money in the build phase in fact but the really like some of the tangible takeaway is let's now now that we understand what the build phase is here are the primary tasks to focus on so that you're not distracted doing things that aren't that you're not ready to be focused on yet. And once again, I'm sharing this because I've learned it the hard way. In the in the build phase, you have a few primary tasks. Setting up and using discoverability channels, which is basically how do people find out about you? Social media is kind of like the go-to discoverability mechanism or one of the top ones right now. So okay, like thinking about who are we trying to build an audience of like what is that type of person what's the target per- the, the target audience the target customer all right what social media platforms do they spend the most time on okay and then starting to create those accounts set them up figuring out your the marketing the content that you're going to be putting on there to create brand awareness so you're setting up and using discoverability channels a lot you're getting your name out there it's the whole awareness phase The other thing you're doing is you're really working on building a great offer. And in zooming into that, you may still be product, like developing your product, or you may be figuring out how to refine the service that you provide. And then the offer can start to be created around that. And the third critical component of the build phase that you're working on is that you're in is taking action, making mistakes, and learning along the way. It's. It's a trial by fire thing. Like it's a lot of mistakes. It's a lot of hard lessons learned. And hopefully that you're, since you're connecting here and and scooping up some information that I'm able that I'm sharing for free with you guys. Hopefully it helps you avoid the mistakes that I've made and keep kind of keep your head on straight so you can move faster and further uh, than you ever thought was possible. You know, but it requires taking action if you're if you're actually actively building something it means like building is an action based word it's a verb you know so if you're just doing research and thinking about it and trying to find the perfect thing to do before ever lifting a finger and actually like getting going on it then you're not taking action you're just kicking the tire and you're not going to get to the life that you want to through uh, one-person business ownership if you don't take action. Get over your nerves. It, I, I like to say you should be doing something at least once a week that puts you out of your comfort zone, that makes you nervous. And in the context of building a business, there's a lot of things uh, that you know still make me nervous and and. That's just kind of part of the game, but you grow, you expand, and it's a wonderful journey that builds a business and also builds you as a human, so you learn a ton along the way. That's what you focus on in the build phase, getting noticed, having a, building a great offer, and then just taking the actions and being just giving yourself the grace to make mistakes and just learn from it and trying to practice consistent effort over a long period of time. That's how you're successful. So if you're in, your, in this phase, you shouldn't be worrying much about automation, delegation, or making anything perfect just yet. The only thing to focus on is crafting a great offer and developing a deep understanding of the ideal customer that you're aiming to serve. That's it. And since transitioning away from the full-time freelancer role into more of a creator-based business model myself... I'd say that I'm still in this phase, I'm deep in the trenches of this phase, and I'll probably be here for a while longer. And that's okay. Like I said, it doesn't mean that I'm a, a, like starving. It doesn't mean that I'm not making any money. You can make great money while still being in the build phase, but just enjoy the ride for what it is. There's no real finish line to this whole thing. It's about like are you enjoying the life that you're starting to carve out for yourself? Like do you like the fact that when you wake up, you know that you're, that today's work is going to be revolved around building something that you're in control of, something that's yours, something that nobody can take away from you, something that provides a real value for the people that you care for the most in the marketplace that you serve. You know, it's an infinite game. There's no finish line to this. So enjoy the process. Enjoy the ride. And as a little, little side note before we get into the next phase, being in the build phase has nothing to do with your competence or the potential impact that you can have. It's simply just a rung on the business ladder. And once you've built the business, exiting the build phase, the next step is to grow it. So for phase two, we're calling it grow. And growth means different things to different people. That's for sure. And that took me a long time to really understand Uh, And for a lot of us solo business owners, we're not really looking to grow our business in the traditional sense, like where we start hiring a bunch of employees and creating multiple departments and so on and so forth. The growth phase for a solo business owner really looks more to do this one thing, and that is just generate more revenue. And ideally, even past revenue, it's about profit, blah, blah, profit, uh, that's what we're really focused on. And what are we taking home? And, uh, and that's all good, you know, and there's a lot of money to be made, especially as a one-person business owner, because a lot of times your margins can be so incredibly low or uh, your expenses are so low that you have these great margins that allow you to take home a lot of money. So growth doesn't necessarily mean like departments and tons of employees. You know, it's all good. And for a lot of us here, I know for myself, that's not the direction I'm trying to take. What I'm doing, that, not at all. I I want to keep this small, lean, and mean. You know, that's just in a money printing machine. <laughs> I'll do some some uh some really corny uh rap verses after this using those lyrics. Uh, maybe we'll make a theme song. That'd be kind of cool, huh? kind of stupid as well. Maybe we'll drop that idea. So at this point in your your business building and now into the growing phase, you have a target customer persona dialed in and your offer is compelling enough to generate sales. You're seeing money come through the pipeline. And in this phase of your solo business, you're probably working on a variety of things such as testing different pricing structures, adding fuel to the flame of your marketing efforts. You figured out what works and so it's time to dump more gasoline on that, make that fire bigger, get more results, more return on that marketing efforts, on the marketing efforts that are working for you. You're probably optimizing your product and service and I would encourage you to always keep that in the back of your head or in the forefront of your mind uh, all along your business journey no matter what phase you're in. How can we make it better? How can we make it better? And by better, it's not what we think is better, it's by what we understand is best for the target audience that we're going after, the target customer, and making sure that we have such a deep understanding of what they want and what they need because of our conversations with them, because of our interactions with them, uh, that we can be confident in what, what you qualify as better because that is a very subjective word. So you're working on that. You're enhancing the offer you're hiring, probably hiring some part-time assistants. Uh, And I don't mean assistants in the plural sense of like multiple people, uh, but just somebody to assist you with some of the the minute tasks, the things that uh, need to be getting done, uh, but are pretty low dollar per hour tasks, things that you can outsource and delegate so that you're freed up to work on the things that are high value for the business so you can keep moving the needle. And in a one-person business, There's a lot of things that you need to be not doing so that you can focus on the few things that you should be doing, right? Uh, And then you're creating systems and processes around this. You're starting to just look for how can you make this thing more of a well-oiled machine? We know it works, so let's continue to optimize and let's just make it a smooth process. Let's start to... uh, Take some of the manual work off of our plate, whether through technology or having some some hired part time, um, like contractor or freelancer based help, totally great. And using the analogy of a motorcycle, it's like you've built the bike and proven that it works. So now in this grow phase, you're like upgrading the exhaust pipe. You're putting on better tires. You're making it more appealing. the the curb appeal of it. It's more sexy because you redid the paint. You got some pinstriping done. Whatever it may be. That's kind of, I'm a, I am ride dirt bikes, so I, think I always think about it in, uh, in the, the sense of motorcycle development, I guess. Uh, but really, now you're starting to, in the grow phase, the game of leverage really comes into play. And I've talked about the to- four types of leverage before, which you can go to, go to evanshank.com and go to the article section of my website, and you will find that there. But really, there's four types of leverage. I'll just brush over them. Number one is capital. So it's money that's used to generate more money. You create leverage with capital. You can create it with labor. Like I said, hiring people to work for you or building systems that do the work for you. Uh, Product leverage, creating a product that can be sold many times without additional effort. That's a beautiful thing. And we think about like online courses. I told you about my content creation toolbox. Template that is now something that I built one time and I can sell it in perpetuity for the rest of my life. You know, that's product based leverage. And then the last one is code, which is writing software that can be distributed at scale with no additional effort. So you're probably looking in the potentially the, likely, probably the <laughs> labor and product uh, categories. Those are kind of the two the two areas that you're probably going to be paying a lot of attention to as a solo business owner and operator of how to start uh, creating more of a high leverage business for yourself. And really, if you want to really simplify just leverage in general, the question that you're asking, if you're asking this following question, then you're thinking about leverage and how to create more leverage. And the question is, how can I keep giving the same or less effort yet increase my results? And at some point in the growth phase, you're going to have to zoom out and do some high level mental analysis of where you want this thing to go. Where do you want this business to ultimately end up? You may be happy in this phase and many one person business owners are and that's great. I mean this and truthfully like for for my operation and what I'm working on this is all I this is all I'm really trying to get to. You know, I just want a well-oiled machine that allows me to live life on my own terms, that provides for my family. And it provides a great value to a very specific target audience of new and aspiring one-person business owners that are also looking to kind of take life by the, you know, grab life by the horns and really be in full control of their time, of their income, of the things that they do, the where they spend their energy, and it's honestly in one word it's freedom for the people that want to create freedom for themselves and their loved ones through owning and operating their own online one person business <laughs> that's kind of the pitch and that's what i'm that's what i'm building here and that's what i'm excited about there's no need to move further into this next phase there's no specific need to do more unless your plan is to scale which is phase 3 and Yeah, admittedly, I haven't, I don't know if this is going to be a surprise to you or not, I haven't scaled a business before, and you know, what I've learned about this phase though, is the whole game is just making everything bigger, and taking yourself out of the day to day tasks as much as you possibly can, and I'm not going to spend too much time on this phase, because I think for a lot of us, we're probably not trying to scale our one person business you know, uh, th- like I was just mentioning about what I'm going after. I think that's pretty common in this solopreneur, the solo business, uh, one-person business space. But when solopreneurs want to scale a business, they're typically, they have a goal in mind. And it's typically to either, they're prepping the business to either be sold or acquired by a bigger company. Like you see it in the the bios of um, people on Twitter all the time. I've been spending a lot of time on Twitter lately uh, and I, I'm enjoying it. I guess technically it's called X now, but I don't know. I'm just going to use the word Twitter. But you see people that are like, "Oh, I uh, sold, you know, such and such business for ten million dollars, or exited with ten million, or whatever it is." And that's kind of like part of their like authority statement, or just showing that they know what they're doing, or that they're some hotshot, or you know, whatever. Uh, but sometimes people do want to scale a business so that it can then be acquired. And gobbled up by a much, much bigger company. And then you have a nice pretty paycheck at the end of it. And sometimes you're just really, the other thing is just structuring the business to run without you working in the business. And really this is where instead of being an owner and an operator of the business, you really just become the owner of the business. You have equity in that business. This is, um, it's more of an investment play as an investment from a more traditional sense as Um, As opposed to a time investment, you're not spending time working on the business anymore. You've hired in a CEO, you've hired in all your executive team, you've got the systems and structures in place, and you're just trying to build, 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 and just, you know, have a very valuable business that you don't really have to lift a finger to operate. And then for some people, it's kind of both. They just want to scale it. And if there's a good deal on the table, somebody wants to buy, buy up the business or acquire it, they will entertain the offer um but if not you know it's a huge equity play for them so scaling is a much larger thing that a lot of times doesn't apply to one person digital business owners but you know i'm not going to paint any absolutes here especially in an area where you know i haven't gotten to that phase and i don't really intend to there's a lot of uh freedom and wealth and excitement and just a lot of the richness of life can be found without going to the scale phase of business really So what happens here is that this is where you're really shaving away at expenses and setting the business up to be as profitable as humanly possible. It becomes all about the minutia, the details, and optimizing for every single little thing. How can we increase our click rate in our emails by 0.2%? How can, you know, all of those questions of how can we make this a little bit better? Where can we put our marketing budget where we can, you know, get more for the money that we're putting in? You're just working on the fine-tuned details. And like I said, this won't apply to everybody, but that's what the scale phase is. That's the third rung of this three, three-rung 3 ladder, I guess you could say. Uh, and a lot of times we're just, as one-person business owners, we're just chasing freedom, autonomy, create like generational wealth, which is totally... Awesome and totally doable, and we're not necessarily trying to become the next Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. Although we may pull a lot of inspiration from them, uh, like, and you know, for me, like that's I'm not trying to be either one of those guys at all. Or even my version of that sounds like a lot more work and a lot more hours than I'm willing to put in. Doesn't sound like freedom to me. Uh, but that's just me. And so the fact is, now that we know these three phases of business you need to know where you're at. We have to be self-aware and look in the mirror and be like, all right, I'm in phase two, or I'm in phase one, or let's be real, I haven't even started a business. I don't know why I'm doing all this research on which software is the best for email automations. You know, like that is so far down the pipe for you that it's ridiculous. A lot of solopreneurs are focusing on the wrong set of tasks. And for instance, At one point in my solo business career, it was not that long ago, I was obsessed with setting up a bunch of sophisticated email marketing automations and workflows, and I was pre-writing a bunch of emails and generating several design-heavy email templates, stuff that would look really good in the inbox and just so high quality that the perceived value of my business would just be through the roof and people would just become in love with my business because of it, you know? So I was adding all of these contact scoring rules so I could figure out like who were my VIP subscribers and customers and who were the people that were just kind of lapsed and they were unengaged. I was doing hundreds of tags so that I could really understand the details of each and every single subscriber, yada, yada, yada. The list goes on. I spent a buttload of time on all of that, but I had less than 50 contacts in my email marketing, like my CRM software. I had less than 50 people in there and I had no real method for getting more subscribers. It was basically family and friends and a couple random people that I had met through the internet, you know? So why did I spend all that time? Because it was an area where I had really spent a lot of time as a freelancer helping other businesses that were ready for that. And so I figured I'd start with the stuff that I know. And that's totally fine. Like, cool. But (laughs) <laughs> that time, I can't get that time back. And I really should have been focusing on who am I trying to serve in my one person business? And what is the product, the solution, the thing that I want to create and give to people, um, or sell to people rather to, uh, have a profitable business. You know, I, I was just basically had the cart before the horse, pretty, pretty crazy, you know, and, it was misplaced effort, essentially, like ambition, cool, effort, great, fantastic. But if it's misplaced and it's, you're focusing on the wrong things, then you're focusing on the wrong things. You're not there yet. You're not ready for it. And you're wasting time, probably costing money, and your your mental and emotional fuel tank is going to start draining. And that's why a lot of people start to face burnout because they're just focused on the wrong things. So if you're building a business, do the unscalable and deeply learn about the customer. For instance, going back to Twitter, I was like, I'm not going to do the Twitter platform because the only way to grow on Twitter and start to build an audience and then hopefully bring them onto my email list, which is kind of the the, the funnel or the, the transition that I wanted to have happen, it would require me to spend time almost daily replying to people's tweets. It would require me to be sending DMs and to shamelessly promote myself in a strategic and a um, a human, a good human-based way. You know, just not being sleazy and selfish with my tactics. But all of those things, I was just like, I'm not doing that because the amount of unscalable effort that I'm going to have to put in isn't worth it. But the fact is, another reality check of mine, as I opened up uh, today's entry with. I'm not in a phase where I should be working on, uh, I should be doing the unscalable is what I'm trying to say. I should be doing that. I should be having real conversations. I should be having DM threads going on with people that fit you know, my target audience persona. I should be getting on Zoom calls and phone calls with these people and learning more about how I can help them. That's what I should be focusing on do the unscalable if you're still in phase 1 where you're just building the business your your aim is to learn deeply about the customer if you're growing a business you're in phase 2 then you're really focused on building systems that help you solve their problems better and then if you're scaling a business keep the customer's best interest in mind because this is where people start to get really really money hungry and they start paying attention to how can we really take shortcuts. How can we increase by fractions of a percent on the revenue, on the profit line, you know, in our p and And a lot of times the customer is the one that suffers, which then ultimately starts to drag down the integrity and the quality of the business that you'd built from the front end. And so the fact is between building, growing, and scaling, it requires you to stay just so ridiculously focused on the target customer, on the people that you're trying to build an audience out of. It's all about them, because if you don't have them, you don't have a business, period. And as an important final word, although I've presented today's three phases in a very linear fashion, you go from step one to step two to step three, the reality is you may find yourself in different phases at the same time if you're launching new products in a new niche, or you're adding a new target audience personas, for example. But don't do this to yourself yet. As a one-person business, there's already a lot on your plate. Stop overcomplicating the thing. Simplify, simplify, simplify at all costs. And that's another reality check of mine, and that's why I just beg you to simplify as much as you can. Keep your business, for now, extremely narrow and very focused. Find success in that before adding anything else to your plate. This three-phase idea perfectly joins up with the brick-by-brick mentality. One day after the next, you lay one brick next to the next and next to each other, and then before you realize that you've built a castle that provides all the things that you want for uh, for your family, for your loved ones, for your friends, for yourself. You brick by brick, day by day, task by task, stay focused. This is the pragmatic or we could say realistic understanding that every great thing requires consistent output of calculated effort over time. So when we're thinking about this brick by brick mentality, I'm going to repeat myself. This is the realistic understanding that every great thing requires consistent output of calculated effort over time. And by understanding where you're at today... You can confidently work on priority tasks while shamelessly ignoring everything else for now. Stay focused on what you should be working on. Leave the rest for a later date when it becomes the priority. And I'll leave you with the quote by me and we'll sign off. You are where you are today due to the actions of all of your yesterdays. Tomorrow will reflect today's efforts. So make each day count. And until next time, peace.